Welcome back to Between the Levees. We're joined today by Mr. Jonathan Paulson. He is a training specialist for Campbell Transportation. He's been in the industry about eight years. Mr. Paulson, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. Well, first things first, you were telling me before this call that you uh, you like to put my podcast on while you're sitting at your desk. Please fill me in on uh, what you think of the show and how you found it. Uh, honestly, I found it through uh, Facebook on one of those towboat uh, groups that everybody knows. And uh, I thought that was pretty neat because I haven't seen anything like that about our industry. I mean, um, before I got into it, I'd never even heard of towboat. So it's definitely one of those unheard of gems, I think. And uh, I saw what you're doing. And I was like, that's pretty neat. You know, uh, everybody in the industry knows like the hooked up hard down. And, you know, we saw all that and that was pretty cool. And uh, so I started giving it a listen and I actually I'm a little behind. I just finished up your episode with Miss Stephanie from Kirby. Uh, that was the last episode I listened to. But yeah, when I'm sitting at my desk, I like to plug it in or my commute to and from the office, you know, sitting through traffic definitely helps make that uh, more bearable. <laughs> so well, I think Stephanie was episode 16 or so. Um, I'm not sure. It was pretty early on, but I just published episode 100. So you do have some catching up to do. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yep. well, whatever the case, you said you'd not heard of the industry before. Um, how did you find yourself in the industry? And has, have you been with Campbell the whole time? Uh, all but one year. So uh, actually, my dad worked for, uh, the, he was in the Coast Guard. He was a Marine Safety Inspector before Sub-M came into effect. And uh, when I was 19 years old, I was selling cars at a dealership in the Pittsburgh area and just wasn't for me sitting at a desk all day. I just wasn't happy, you know, and talking to him one night and uh, he said, well, why don't you try towboat? And I said, well, what, what's towboat? Yeah. <laughs> I knew what big ocean ships were and stuff like that, but I never knew what a towboat was. And uh, <laughs> the way he broke it down to me, he goes, oh, all you do is you ride, eat food, get fat and make a good bit of money. I said, well, that sounds easy enough. Turned out that was a lie. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, eight years later, I'll come this April and I'm still in it. Couldn't imagine doing anything else. So I'm happy with my decision. Tell me about your start in the industry. Uh, so I started with a mom and pop passenger vessel company here in the Pittsburgh area. Uh, when I first started to get out, I applied to everybody. Uh, at the time, Ingram was still running pretty good up in the Pittsburgh pools. Uh, ACBL, ARCO uh Heinz Campbell initially uh Murray American when they were around basically anybody that ran in the Pittsburgh area I sent an application out to and uh pretty much got told you know hey we're looking for somebody with experience and I was like well damn <laughs> yeah <laughs> kind of hard to get experience but uh so I, again talking to my dad about it I said you know I put in all these applications not really sure what to do now and he told me about this little passenger vessel company that operates in the Pittsburgh area and uh he said Hey, it's better than nothing. So I went, I applied, got offered the job, and uh, I spent exactly 365 days with that company. They were a great company, um, definitely very family-oriented, family and uh, met a lot of good people, made a lot of good friends there. But uh, on my one-year anniversary with them, I started with Campbell, uh, my current employer. So, Tell me about the job on a passenger vessel. So I hired in as quote unquote deckhand. <laughs> it's it's not like the deckhands we see in our industry by any means. Um, yeah, you do tie lines and secure the vessel. Uh, basically, you're just making sure everybody's safe, you know, not getting hurt, uh, helping out other staff on the vessel, uh, 
do help with navigation sometimes and stuff like that. And Pittsburgh area summertime definitely gets pretty crowded with passenger vessel or private vessels and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, my term was a deckhand, but I definitely, it's a lot different than when I come to inland side. So, well, tell me about your start with Campbell and your introduction to the, the barge industry and, and decking and how different it was, obviously, than what you knew. Yeah. So I was, uh, like I said, I had applied to Campbell once before and I actually still keep my uh, letter of them, you know, saying, hey, we, we want more qualified candidates. That's kind of like a little reminder, you know, from where I've come. And uh, I started out with them uh, on the line hall side, running uh, from basically Powhatan Point down to Cogger Creek Power Plant on the uh, motor vessel when you see. And I'll be honest, I hated it at first. <laughs> it was definitely a big shock. Uh, not what I thought it was going to be. And uh, it, it was rough. I, <laughs> I, I was not a big fan, but I told myself, you know, I'm going to give myself 90 days on, on boat, not just 90 days with the company. After 90 days, if I still hate it, I can say I gave it my honest, you know, shot. And it's just not for me. And this job definitely isn't for everybody. And there's no shame in that. But uh, I didn't want to quit. You know, I was hoping I'd have that light bulb moment. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, about my third trip out there, uh, you know, it all kind of just clicked. And I said, wow, this job really isn't that bad. I mean, it's any job. You're going to have your hard days. You're going to have the days where it sucks. But, I mean, I can't see myself doing anything else. And luckily, I had that moment where it clicked for me. And uh, I fell in love with it. So uh, I rode the Winnie C for about eight months, and then I got the opportunity to transfer to a day boat running on the Mon River at Mile Marker 18 uh, in Clarendon, Pennsylvania. And I got to work with a phenomenal crew there. Uh, I was truly blessed. Uh, going from the line hall side to the day boat side, I definitely thought I knew what I was doing as a deckhand. And uh, then, then my harbor hands definitely showed me I didn't know anything. And uh, I worked my tail off. You know, we were a 5-2 boat Monday through Friday, but more often than not, we were working our weekends. And um, the captain I was with, uh, Richard Maloney, long-time riverman. I mean, he's been out here forever. Uh, made me into a decent little deckhand, you know, and uh, helped me move up, you know, my career path and helped me to get to where I'm at now. So definitely shout out to him and, you know, all the knowledge he passed down to me. Do you remember the moment it clicked for you and you said, okay, this is the career for me? Yes. Yeah, so we were actually tying off. Uh, we had just tied off our 15 loads at Cogger Creek and we were going to start building our 15 empties. And I remember I had, for some reason, I could never get my scissor wires. They would just like, when it was time for me to lay a scissor wire, I was deer in headlight, just didn't know what was going on. And uh, my lead man at the time, you know, said, Hey, go ahead, start working on that coupling. I'm going to work on this coupling up here, you know? And I remember telling him like, Oh, you got it. And, uh, I was like, God damn, I hope I get it. <laughs> you know, I don't mess this up. I was tired of getting, you know, not yelled at, but you know, I could definitely tell they were getting frustrated with me and, um, it just kind of all clicked and he'd come up to check in on, see how I was doing. And I'd get on it. Right. And I was like, about time <laughs> and once I had that I mean it was just smooth sailing I mean this job I love it and I can't imagine doing anything else outside of this industry and uh, I never thought I'd go shoreside at all I figured I was going to ride out my whole career on the boats 
And I was perfectly fine with that. And then I got the opportunity to come short side and I said, you know what, let's give that a shot, see what that's about. And about two years later, or this April will be two years short side. And I think I'm doing okay. <laughs> I know you're staying busy, but uh, walk me through your introduction to Campbell, uh, your decking and then all the way up to licensed tankerman. Yeah. So, uh, what was it 2018 2019 somewhere around that that time frame uh right before pretty much everything started getting locked down with covid uh we had hired in a, a bunch of people from another company you know into our executive team and stuff like that and one of the guys come out uh captain joe graham to our boats um he was the manager of vessel operations at the time i believe and uh he came out you know to our day boat and was introducing himself to us and talking. Um, I figured with him coming from a certain company that was definitely not into dry cargo, there had to be a reason. So I asked him, I said, you know, Hey, are we going to start branching out into the chem barges more? Um, Cause previous to that, we had, we would tow them, but we didn't have, we had short tankermen at our one facility up here in the Ohio river, but that was about it. And uh, he said, yeah, no, we're definitely looking into starting up a tankerman program. And I said, well, that's what I want to do. You know, uh, when I started off with this company, uh, moving up on the boats was pretty, pretty rough. I mean, guys didn't leave, you know, uh, once guys became lead man, you know, they had to wait until they become a pilot or made apprentice and move up that way. And it was tough. Uh, the first couple of years I was here, you know, there might've been two or three made apprentice positions that would open up and you've got 50 applicants applying for it. And, uh, so I figured I'd go for the that tankerman route once they offer that i mean that's a licensed position that's you know that's really setting uh guaranteed work for me you know and uh i've decided i'll go that route first and then if i you know can i'll go you know and try to get my mate apprentice at one time and uh covid definitely kind of threw a wrench in everybody's plans i mean no one company was you know spared and uh i remember the application came out and I want to say March of 2019, somewhere around there, and uh, or 2018, I can't remember. And <clears throat> we, uh, I applied for it, uh, interviewed around June of sometime, and uh, December of 2020, uh, I started going out onto the uh, golf boats and start training as a tankerman. So. I'm not sure if it's different with Campbell than it is with Ingram or any other company that I've worked for, um, all shoreside. But um, how many levels, I suppose, are there? Green deckhand, deckhand, all the way up, you said, to apprentice, mate, mate, pilot, uh, all that stuff. How many levels are there that you'll have to go through to get into a wheelhouse? So when I first started, there wasn't many. Um, it was green deckhand, trainee. Uh, stern deckhand, lead deckhand, and then you could apply for your steersman. Um, and that was pretty much your opportunities on the boat side. Uh, we do have some boats that have engineers on it, but everybody knows what an engineer boat's like. I mean, once you get into that, you're, you're golden. That's the golden ticket. Um, but since I've come shoreside, uh, you know, the opportunity for growth internally is was definitely it's, it's a lot different than when I started with them. Um, now we have dedicated tankerman program, you know, to advance deckhands into tankerman positions. Uh, we have a dedicated engineering program, which we try to open up every year. We have a dedicated steersman program, which opens up yearly. 
And then we also are constantly looking for qualified individuals off the vessels for shoreside positions that we think would be a good fit. So the room for advancement for the uh, boat guys is a lot nicer than it was when I started, which is nice. It, it definitely gives a lot of the guys this hope, you know, hey, I'm not going to be a deckhand forever. And I know some guys that they've been decking for 30 years and that's just what they love to do and power to them. <laughs> I mean, that's a true man right there. Well, then how many uh, levels from steersman all the way up to captain? So the way we run it is we have uh, the steersman. Um, once you finish all that up and, you know, you do your check rides and get everything back from the Coast Guard and, you know, cut you loose as a pilot and then from pilot to captain, depending on, you know, yourself and then the needs of the company or positions opening. Uh, we definitely like to hire, you know, promote guys from within, from pilot to captain, instead of hiring from outside straight into that position. Any interesting stories or experiences come to mind from your time out on boats? Uh, I mean, I've definitely made met some uh, some characters out here. I mean, people from all different walks of life. Um, you know, some of the smartest guys I've met didn't even graduate high school, but you know, they were just full of knowledge. They forgot more about this job than. I could ever hope to learn um, some, some weird characters too. Like I'm sure you're, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but I've just met some really good people out here. I mean, these guys really do care about each other and they care about their crews. They care about you. And um, you know, I've gone through some hard stuff on the boats and I've had, you know, guys I was riding boats with, you know, be there for me and help me through stuff. And I couldn't ask for a better place. So Anything specific you can share? Um, holidays for me were always rough. You know, um, the way my career went, uh, I was home for one Thanksgiving, basically. Uh, even when I was day boating, we were pretty much working it. So it was always rough for me. And uh, I got really fortunate with my last crew. Uh, we rode together for just over two years. And uh, I mean, that was my family. Spending nine months a year out of with them. I had the most, it was probably one of my best Christmases was being on a boat with them or my best Thanksgiving being on the boat with them. They just, they knew how to make it so you didn't miss home, which is definitely rough. You know, it's a hard thing to separate, especially come the holiday seasons. Uh, to this day, I'm still close with that crew. I mean, that my old captain, uh, Alvin, him and I will talk at least once or twice a month. And then the guy that trained me had a tank. Uh, that's my best friend. <laughs> You know, uh, we actually went down to Alabama. He's a diehard Roll Tide fan. I'm a diehard Longhorns fan. So we were both off of work and went down to Alabama this year to watch the game. Luckily for me, I got to see my team win. But, um, you know, I call him or he calls me at least once or twice a week. You know, I mean, that's definitely my best friend. And that crew is my family. So. Well, what were the best and worst things you can remember from your time out there on the water? The best things was the views. I mean, you're not going to find a better office view, in my opinion, than waking up southbound, coming out of Baton Rouge with the sun, you know, rising or sunsetting. Um, the pictures you get, I mean, there's nothing better. Uh, the worst thing, I would say for me, is the cold. I, I can't do the cold weather. Uh, it was real hard my last year on the boat. I was on the Illinois River uh, all winter long, running from Hennepin to PBF and it was rough up there. And as soon as we got clear, you know, onto Baton Rouge down, it was 70 degrees, but up on that Illinois, it'd be a high of negative eight, you know, and everybody's just like, yeah, this is normal. Like, no. <laughs> But 
Um, that was just personal, but definitely being away from home, you know, that, that is tough. And that's a, a hard thing we're seeing now with this younger generation coming in, you know, nothing prepares you for it really, you know, um, but learning how to separate, you know, my time on the boat from my time at home uh, really helps, but you're still going to miss it. I don't care who you are, you know, missing Christmas sucks. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say probably just dealing with the cold and being away. Those were the hardest things for me, but I mean, those views just, that made me love the job waking up and seeing all, all this different parts. What about the best and worst parts of being a tankerman? Um, worst parts for me, I mean, definitely summertime, just being stuck on that barge, uh, you know, up here in the Pittsburgh area, it's not too bad in the summertime. We get a couple of hot days up here, but, uh, tanking down in Houston or New Orleans in August, it's definitely not fun <laughs> sitting out there. So you get real crafty building your tents and stuff like that. You try to find yourself some shades. Um, same concept in wintertime. I mean, you get the little isolation in the igloos, which help a good bit. But when you have to go out, it's, it's rough. Um, but I don't know. Tanking, like, I like it because it. a lot of guys think tanking might be easy, especially if they're not familiar with it. You know, oh, like, all you do is just spin valves, right? And it, it's a joke I'll crack every once in a while. Like, oh, good thing I just spin valves. But uh, there's definitely pressure behind it because anything that happens, you know, it, it's on me. So I do like that, that constant, you know, hey, you got to be on your game at all times. You can't let it slack. Um, that definitely helps helps me through a transfer. And, you know, I, I find the enjoyment of it being under that pressure. Well, I know very little about it. What would it take for a tanker person to lose their license? Um, so I've been very fortunate. I've never had any incidences, um, you know, does it happen? We hear about it in the industry all the time. You know, uh, I wouldn't say I'm the most qualified individual to speak on that, but uh, definitely, you know, if you get found for being at fault for neglecting something, you know, you're going to not have a good time dealing with the Coast Guard. Uh, so it's important to go through like your pre-barge transfer inspections and stuff like that. You know, you want to make sure your test dates are all good on your hoses and pipelines. Your scubber plugs are in, your paperwork's good. Um you know, because anything that you kind of look over or skip could bite you in the butt, right? And uh, to me, it's not worth it, you know. So definitely very thorough, and <laughs> I'll take my time getting my bars ready just to be on that safe side. For sure, for sure. Tell me about your transition shore side and, uh, and how that maybe adjusted some other parts of your life. Yeah, so I was actually still on the boats at the time. Uh, I was getting off somewhere down in the Houston area. And uh, my dad, actually, when he retired from the Coast Guard, hired into uh, my current employer as well. And uh, I had just moved up to Springtown, Texas, which is about 45 minutes north of Dallas or east west of Dallas. I'm sorry. And uh, we had gotten some visitors on the boat and uh, one of the operations guys told me, you know, Oh, Hey, you're going to see your dad while he's in town. I was like, oh, I give it a shot. I didn't know he's coming down. And uh, so I swung by the office and uh, you know, started chatting him up, seeing if he wanted to go grab dinner before I made the four hour drive home. And uh, the vice president of the company uh, happened to be there, came over and started talking to me and 
Uh, I was fortunate enough to get invited to uh, go to the rodeo with those guys. It was during March, you know, Houston rodeo was in town and all these guys from Pittsburgh were down in the Texas area. You got to show them, you know, what's fun. And uh, so I got to hang around them and talk to them. And little did I know I was interviewing for this position without, you know, even knowing it. Um, you know, they kept asking me, you know, what was my five-year plan? And, uh, you know, I told them my five-year plan is definitely to grow. You know, I'd like to advance from Tankerman to Wheelhouse. I did mention that if a short side opportunity did come up, I wouldn't be opposed to take, you know, going for it. And uh, went home for my 10 days, came back to the boat probably two or three days later, and I get a call from HR <laughs> that wakes me up on my off watch. And anybody in the industry, you know, that's that's no fun, right, <laughs> getting a call from HR. And so – I pick up and our HR uh, rep, you know, says, oh, are you busy? I said, I, I was sleeping, but, you know, how can I help you? Like, is this a good call or a bad call, basically? And uh, she goes, no, 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 you're not in trouble. Everything's fine. Um, there's a job opening up. You know, would you be interested in it? And I was like, well, what, you know, what's the job? And she told me, you know, we're looking for a training specialist dedicated shoreside position. Uh, is that something you'd be interested in doing? And when I was a deckhand, I'd always help out, you know, uh, when we did in-person training classes pre-COVID uh, on my weekends off and stuff like that. I would go up there and spend a couple of days with the, the new hires. And then uh, I was a trainer on the boats when I was in the dry cargo side. And uh, I definitely loved it, you know, passing down the knowledge from some greats that I've worked with, you know, to the next generation coming up, just like they did for me. Um so I, I was definitely very interested in it. And uh, I hadn't done a Microsoft PowerPoint since high school. And I had to get up and spend a couple hours trying to put a presentation together as part of my interview. And I made my whole boat crew, they were probably sick of me. I made them sit through this presentation probably seven or eight times, you know, do like a little mock interview with them. And uh, them guys were definitely not loving it, but uh, it helped calm my nerves, you know, and uh about a week after that, I flew off the boat, flew me back up to the Pittsburgh area and did the interview and uh, it went well. <laughs> and what have you been doing as a training specialist? Uh, have you seen changes or improvements in training? I know it's company specific, so anything you can't share, I understand, but uh, just a general idea. Yeah. So um, pre me taking this position, we were still doing online onboarding. Uh, you know, when COVID hit, it, we weren't bringing anybody in for in-person. We we're doing everything through Teams calls and all virtually. Um, COVID restrictions lifting, they wanted to get back to doing it in person. And uh, so when I started, you know, I held the first class in about two years that they had in person. And, uh, you know, one of the big things I changed was our uh, CBT programs, you know, uh, I try to cut back as much as we possibly could. That still kept us compliant, kept us within regulations and stuff like that. Um, what is CBT? Computer-based training. Okay. So uh, some companies use like Moxie Media or Siemens Church Institute. Uh, it's just annual training that we'll do on the vessels. Um, I even have uh, a different matrix for my work email, you know, cybersecurity. Um but so one of the things I had to do was go through the matrix um, from previous classes and try to basically build my own while staying within, you know, all the CFR requirements. 
Um, so I definitely relied a lot on the subject matter experts that are in my company. You know, I was constantly bouncing things off guys, you know, Hey, does this meet the requirement? You know, does this do what we need it to do? Or am I going overboard with this? You know, can I cut back on this? And, uh, in May of 2021, we went hands-on and, uh, or 2022, 21 and, uh, went hands-on with it. And, uh, at the time we were running a five-day class Monday through Friday, uh, classroom side was two days, you know, like, uh, instructional learning going over, um, the CFRs, company policies, artismus, things like that. And, uh, you know, doing their benefits, enrollments and all that fun stuff. And then we would do three days of hands-on training before we would send them out to the boats to continue training. So one of the nice things my current employer does is, um, they do the onboarding, you know, hands-on training with me. And then we send them out as basically a third man to the boat, to the boats. And, uh, cause we know in three days, you're not going to make it that can, you know, in 20 days, chances are you're not going to make it that can. So we send them out as the third man and basically, um, uh, we find that to be the safest way to get these guys, you know, the most training, the most hands-on training we possibly can in the safest environment for our job. And, uh, that runs anywhere from 20 to 30 days on average for most applicants, you know, and, uh, eventually I get a cut loose stern deck in and then they're eligible to stand their own watch. What sort of problems are you seeing in the, in the younger, uh, generations of deckhands these days, not necessarily, I mean, I don't So, I mean, talking from other people in the industry, I feel like we all face, you know, basically the same, the same issue, right. Uh, everybody's hurting for people, you know, um, it's definitely been hard to, uh, a lot of companies, you know, struggle with crewing boats and stuff like that, or, you know, finding new guys that want to come do this job for what it is. Um, you know, when I started, I was making just over a hundred dollars a day when I very first started on the river. Um, and, uh, some of the guys you've had on here previous started for a lot less, uh, nowadays on average, most companies are starting out new guys around anywhere, you know, around $200 or slightly over. So it's definitely changed in that aspect. You know, the money's a lot nicer now and, uh, it's still kind of hard, uh, you know, finding guys that want to put in that work, you know, and, uh, I personally feel like, uh, one of the biggest issues we see is with the younger generation coming in, you know, that new generation of Mariners we're hoping for is, um, they look very short term, you know, um, I feel like if you bring in a guy at 18 years old and a guy at 28 years old, they're going to have very different views on it. Right. Um, that 18 year old kid tends to just look sh- very short term, like, okay, I'm making X per hour with this company, but I can go to Bucky's make 18 an hour start now. And it seems fine and dandy. Like you would think, Oh, it's more money, but you're not going to get the hours you get, you know, on a towboat at a Bucky's. Uh, the room for advancement, you're not going to get, you know, so I try to, I try to really hone that in when I have my guys, my new hires, you know, don't look at this short term. You got to look at it long term where you have the guy that's 28 he comes in, he's looking at the benefits, you know, the 401k, the life insurance, the health insurance, vision, dental, the advancement opportunities. So I definitely feel like that's the hardest gap trying to, uh, how to put that trying to reach out to the younger guys coming in and, you know, try to get them away from looking at this short term, 
and look more long-term like, Hey, this isn't a job. This is a career, you know? Um, I didn't ever plan this to be my career. I, like I said, I had no idea what tow boating was, uh, until I started and I don't see myself doing anything else. I'll always stay within this industry. You know, I'm, I've been very fortunate and I'm, it's blessed me a lot. So, and, uh, I try to, you know, tell these guys my personal stories, you know, you know, to show them, Hey, there's room to advance and it won't, it doesn't have to take you forever. You know, you can do it very short term. So, well, switching gears a little bit, what did your father do with the Coast Guard? So he was a Marine safety inspector for the Coast Guard. So uh, pre-sub M, you know, the, about the only thing he would necessarily do with tow boats was investigate accidents and stuff like that. Because prior to the sub M uh, CFRs, we were uninspected towing vessels. Uh, but he did a lot of inspections on seagoing units and stuff like that. Um, but when he first started out, he he rode uh, patrol boats, you know, patrolling the uh, Pacific Coast. Uh, I was actually born in uh, Astoria, Oregon, where the Goonies was filmed. Um, we lived there for about six months, and then he got transferred to Norfolk, and we were stationed out there for a while and kind of been all over this country with it. So uh, he went, he made warrant officer in 2005 or six, somewhere around there, I believe. And uh, that's when he went into marine safety and started doing inspections and all that fun stuff. And then when sub M came into effect, now it was definitely more focused on the inland side. Uh, he was stationed out to the Pittsburgh duty station, my going into my senior year of high school. And uh, when I finished up my senior year of high school, I came out here to uh, live with him and, you know, try to find something for myself, figure out what I wanted to do with life. And I found it. So where did you spend most of your time growing up? Um, so in between New York and Pittsburgh, pretty much, uh, were the longest areas I've lived in. I've lived in um, Oregon for six months. Uh, we were in the state of Virginia for about what, four or five years, um, eight years in New York, four years in uh, League City, Texas. And then I've been out in Pittsburgh since 2016, on and off, so. How different is life between Pittsburgh and Texas? Oh, it's definitely very different. <laughs> um, my guys up here definitely, you know, 80 degree days, they're saying it's hot and I'm still in a hoodie. Um, I definitely handle the heat a lot more than I handle the cold. And then those same guys, when it's cold out there, out in t-shirts and I'm in my parka. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's definitely different. Um I'll tell you what, though, Pittsburgh's actually, it's a phenomenal city. I love it. You know, besides the winters, I could do without them. <laughs> but uh, fall, spring, summer, it's not too bad. You know, we don't get those 115-degree days like Houston does or New Orleans with that 100% humidity, you know. Um, and it's just a beautiful area. I mean, it's I live right outside of the city, so, you know, I'm close enough where it's convenient for me to go do things, but not close enough where, you know, I – listen to traffic all the time and have to deal with all that. But, uh, you know, definitely got love for both places. Well, what does the future look like for you? Where, where do you go from here? So that's honestly a good question. Um, I'd be, be lying if I said I had a clear cut plan just quite yet. You know, I do love what I do. I love doing, dealing with the training and stuff like that. So staying within employee development, uh, definitely within the ballpark. Um, 
you know, we've made a lot of changes in the last two years to training. Um, like I said, we went, uh, we used to run five day classes and a lot of the feedback we got from our boat guys was, Hey, you know, after three days of hands-on, you know, they still don't really know anything. So we turned from three days hands-on to it's a 10 day class with still about two and a half days of classroom training. And then seven to almost eight days of hands-on training before they even go out to the, uh, fleet boats to be that third man. So, uh, we're constantly striving for, you know, find better ways to train. Um, when I, how I said, when I started, there wasn't too much growth opportunity necessarily, you know, if if you're on the boats, steersman was about your best bet and you'd have three spots maybe open up with 50 guys applying, you know, now we've implemented all these different programs, the tankerman program. Uh, we just started having mates on our boats up here in the uh, Ohio river. So another opportunity for guys to advance on the deck and, uh, grow into leadership spots, uh, engineering program, and then our steersman program. So, uh, it's definitely nice, you know, helping those guys out because I mean, they're the backbone of us, right? <laughs> uh, without them, I don't have a job. So I do everything I can to try to help them and make their lives a little bit easier, you know, help them grow in the industry. So, uh, but operations too, like, I definitely wouldn't mind, you know, maybe down the road at some point dabbling into that, but I'm really happy where I'm at. You know, I, I love what I do. I wake up and I don't have that uh, dread, you know, like how I did selling cars. Uh, it was miserable to me with this. It's challenging and it's constantly engaging, you know, things are constantly moving, changing. How can we make this better? You know, how can we tweak this or, you know, how can we implement this in to help these guys out? So I definitely love that that constant challenge. Well, this is kind of a broad question. And of course, everybody's different. But uh, what sort of characteristics should individuals have? What, what characteristics make the best deckhands that you've seen so far? You're not wrong. That's uh, definitely a broad question. But um, I would say the ones I see are the ones that have that drive you know, that, that drive to succeed, that drive to provide, you know, it could be from anything just to succeed or to provide for their families. You know, this is definitely a job that you can do that for, you know, with little to no education. Um, it's, you're not going to find jobs that you can make the money we make out here without, you know, and as reliable as we can without, you know, some form of education for the most part. Um, a lot of the issues I see is guys, you know, they have a hard time, separ- you know, being away from home. Like you know, there's nothing that prepares you for being gone for 20 days at a time, you know, so that's definitely a hump and uh, trying to figure out the answer. How can we, you know, help get these guys toes wet with that? You know, it's definitely been a struggle, but uh, it, I've seen people from all walks of life, you know, um, and they're all different. Everybody's different, but you got to just have that drive to succeed and that, that want, you know, um, to me, that makes a good deckhand. As long as you're willing to learn. Uh, I've never met anybody out here that says they know it all. You know, uh, I've worked with guys that have been out here 40, 50 years, and they'll still tell you to this day, they're, they learn something new every day. You know, uh, I'm a big believer in that. My dad always told me growing up, you know, the second you think you know it all, you're, you're done. You might as well give up, you know, 
once you close your mind to that, you should always be striving to learn. So I try to keep that and I try to, you know, talk to my, my guys about that all the time, you know, be willing to learn constantly, keep your ears open, you know, learn from everybody you work with. Well, you mentioned that, um, that Campbell's pretty good with retention, that, that people don't leave. Um, I'm sure over the years you've heard different things from different folks and different companies, but how best do you think the industry can improve recruitment and retention for decades? So that's definitely that, that. I mean, every, even Campbell, right. Or my current employer, we're looking at, you know, how can we make our, our, our numbers better? Um, I think every company is striving for that, you know, uh, like it, uh, COVID has kind of hurt that big time. It's already a little bit hard pre-COVID and then COVID kind of came around and uh, retention definitely industry-wide got worse. Um, one of the nice things about my current employer that I can, I think plays a big fact into it is the uh, the mentality my current employer provides its, its guys, you know, we're not some huge company, right? You know, um, but we're not no small mom and pop, but we give you that small mom and pop feeling, you know, everybody, you're not a number. Um, everybody matters and all that. And I think that played, at least personally for me, that played a big factor into it, you know? Um, but how can bigger companies incorporate that? Uh, I couldn't tell you, but you know, little things like that definitely go a long way. Just showing your guys, you appreciate them. Um, you know, my work phone never stops. I have guys call me just to vent and I'll sit there on the phone for two hours and, you know, just cause they need that, that vent, you know, get it off their chest and feel better. They know it's whatever they say stays between me and them. And I think I'd like to think that maybe helps, you know, get guys from doing something silly, like leaving and going, you know, something else or saying something silly. So, um, just being there and supporting everybody, I think definitely goes a long way. Uh, but it's still, it's one of those things. There's not just one solid answer that fits. So you got to get creative and try to find out different ways. And finally, man, um, what has this, I mean, aside from what you've already stated, what has this industry meant to you and, and your future now? And, um, where do you see the industry going? So what the industry means to me, um, I'll, I'll be honest. I had no clue what I was going to do after high school. Uh, I didn't apply myself by any means. And now looking hindsight, you know, back, I wish I had known about this industry while I was in school. I would have definitely applied myself a little bit more and, you know, try to go into a maritime college like A&M or SUNY or, you know, uh, Kings Point and, uh, but, you know, you live and you learn. But, you know, I graduated kind of low in my class, uh, again, because I just didn't apply myself. And I <laughs> regret that every day. But uh, this industry has been very fortunate to me. I mean, it's given me not, not a job, a career, something I can do for the rest of my life, you know, whether it's in the shore side aspect in the office or just as a tankerman on the boat side. You know, I'll, I'll never have to go without work, which – to me is very fortunate uh, during COVID, you know, seeing everybody getting laid off, you know, from all types of jobs where um, my current employer, we didn't lay off anybody, you know, we were, nobody got affected in that aspect. So it was very fortunate in my opinion. And uh, 
you're not going to find that really elsewhere. Uh, as far as where the industry goes, I think definitely just in the short time I've been in it, I've seen safety continuously grow, you know, and become such a huge thing in every company's philosophy. And um, definitely talking to some guys that started well before me, you know, safety's changed a lot in the last 10, 20, 30 years. And I think, you know, we're still going that route and that's the best way to go about it. You know, the way I look at it, our number one uh, priorities are guys, you know, making sure they go home the same way they come to the boats. And I think, you know, you see that from all companies. Are there any, uh, any stories you can share? No names, no companies or anything, but uh, interesting things you've heard about maybe safety 30 years ago. Uh, you definitely hear, I've heard some cowboy stories about, you know, how towboating used to be um you know working with some old timers they they tell you that how decking was back then and it's like oh my god i couldn't imagine that you know uh like what <laughs> you used to definitely hear about uh the partying you know that was a huge thing back in the day and i couldn't imagine i i personally couldn't imagine trying to do the job now and doing that um you know companies didn't orient orientate guys at all they would just hey you want a job here you go you know, slap you on a boat and you just kind of had to figure it out as you went. I, that's wild to me, especially now, you know, uh, I couldn't imagine a company trying to do that today. <laughs> they wouldn't have anybody, nobody would work for them. So, I mean, it's definitely changed a lot. And uh, like a lot of the, you know, rules and regulations we have are because of how things used to be back in the day. And in all honesty, they're to help us and keep us safer and, you know, make things better for us. So, it gets annoying sometimes, but, you know, there's a rhyme and reason to it. And uh, I think they're, you know, we're going in a good step as an industry. So. Well, Jonathan, I think that'll do it, man. I appreciate your time this evening. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Absolutely. But I hope you keep enjoying the show and you find some time to listen to a few more. Oh, definitely. Absolutely, sir. Thanks again, man. Yes, sir. Bye. Talk to you soon. This has been a production of Where You At Studios, LLC.